spring break, everybody. Monday crew here on WRSU FM New Brunswick. Dennis Geisler, Joe Henry, Tyler Levy. Levy, I got it correct on my first try. Uh, and it has been a while for all of us. I think because of that, we'll start with uh, a bit of a post-mortem on the winter sports, most notably Rutgers men's basketball, who has had an interesting time since the last time we were able to have crew. Uh, to, to, to bring it back, the last time we were able to have crew was the Friday before spring break. That was um, just after I was actually on the show for a little bit. It was just after their loss to Purdue in the Big Ten tournament quarterfinals. A lot of people at that point had assumed that Rutgers would make the NCAA yeah. tournament. Uh, it was simply a question of, okay, would bid stealers get in the way of that? Um, there were no bid stealers. Um, would Rutgers be placed in the first four? They didn't even get into the first four. Um, but regardless, um, that is how that played out. Rutgers did not make the NCAA tournament. They were seeded into the NIT with a first-round matchup against Hofstra, and they dropped that one as well, an 88-86 overtime loss against Genuinely a very impressive Hofstra team. They ended up losing against uh, Cincinnati in the second round, which I honestly think that Cincinnati team's really good, not to keep uh, circling around on different teams, but I really do think Cincinnati's a very good team. Um, And Hofstra is a pretty solid team that beat Rutgers, but I kind of want to look back on the season as a whole. Uh, Obviously, it's hard to look at it as anything other than its conclusion, which is a missed NCAA tournament, a narrowly missed NCAA tournament, um, a Big Ten record of 10 and 10, over fi- or 500 or above, it was 500, which on some level is solid, on another level, um, obviously you have to consider it a missed opportunity on some basis, uh, I don't know. Uh, Joe, you say something. (laughs) Yeah, you know, Dennis, last time we were on the show, the last Monday crew, uh, we were talking about their chances for making Mm -hmm. the NCAA tournament. And what we basically said was that the end of the regular season was obviously very, very underwhelming, right? Mm -hmm. But we said that if they had a nice commanding win over Michigan and they played close with Purdue, we felt like they were basically a lock to make it. And we felt like they had a good chance to make it even without that. So when I saw, obviously, the win against Michigan, you were on the call. I was listening uh, when mm-hmm. I was driving home from school. I was like, oh, we're totally making this puppy. It's awesome. Yeah. And then the win, uh, the loss against Purdue, which was very, very close, very infuriating, obviously, the way things played out in that one. But you, yeah. feel, you feel like you made the tournament. And then I was at Disney on Selection Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I, I had my grandma. She was going to watch the show. Let me know. You did the gr- uh, guys in the group chat were letting us know what was going on. I almost felt like it was a lock for us to make the tournament and honestly i underestimated the committee they really said like no this Rutgers team isn't that good yeah and it i feel like they're kind of right and i think that looking at the way things went like yeah it stinks that they didn't make the tournament but at the end of the day like you lose your defensive specialist in mawat mag who's a one to five he can guard any position mm-hmm. so then the defense falls apart a little bit in terms of and it takes a little bit while to, to jump start that again and then because that defensive reliability isn't there to always be great defensively, your offense starts to lag as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that Rutgers could have made the tournament, but if we're being honest, they didn't deserve to make it. And there's this great quote that I've heard a lot, and it's usually from parents, but I think it actually works here, is that the days are long, but the years fly by. Mm-hmm. And that basically means that in the fo- in like a, a sports season, Colin Coward brought this up, you might get caught up in the craziness of the season, but at the end of the like the year, everything kind of ends up where you thought it would. Yeah. So when you look at this Rutgers team, right, we probably would have predicted coming into the season, like, they'll probably make some hay in the Big Ten, get a few crazy wins. They'll probably have a shot at making the NCAA tournament, but they're not exactly going to be right there. And then they'll, you know, just have a disappointing end to the season. And, you know, maybe morale is low going into the NIT after not making the tournament. So the season ended up right around where we thought. But because of the highs and lows of the year and getting caught up in the emotions, it can't help but feel like a ginormous disappointment. Yeah, I I definitely know what you mean. And I think I, I think on some level, I disagree with 
some of the committee's concepts around yeah, the leaving out weird. Rutgers. I, I think I think my my basis of it is if Rutgers played badly in the Big Ten tournament, I would understand it a little more because it was a clear trend. But I find it difficult for them to say the last three weeks of the regular season where a player was injured means that we can see that they're not a good enough team on the basketball court but we won't consider recency into it you know it's kind of weird and i understand the idea that like okay they don't take conference tournament results that importantly it's just a neutral site game but they should i i honestly think it's fine that they don't i think my issue here i'm fine with it if it's like i don't know like arizona state beating washington it just felt like it's like okay whatever it's just another game for them i think the issue for rutgers is that a part of their decision making was recency a part of their decision making was how they played without malat mag and i think the difference that they showed in the big 10 tournament was especially yeah well it was Derek simpson and that was like the actual like thing that they did to change things but on a broader level, I just feel like it confused me more than anything else that you are able to kind of get this recursive logic of they were bad recently, but we don't count too recently. Like, you have to kind of Goldilocks it where it's like, okay, they were bad for, like, this period of time, but not, like, right now. It was like they the committee was almost saying Rutgers just doesn't pass the eye test. That's what it felt like they were saying, which doesn't make sense. But it's weird to me because they committee. clearly passed the eye test in the Big Ten tournament. They I did. Think. But uh, if you're saying that they don't take the Big Ten tournament into account, then if you're if yeah. we're removing the Michigan game and the Purdue game, Rutgers by a long shot does not pass the eye test. I think that's fair, but I also think that with something as vague as the eye test, you yeah. kind of have to count the most recent games. You know, I think Rutgers 100% should have made the tournament, but at the same time. I also get why they didn't make it. Like, I, get I don't it. know if that makes sense, but like they 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 had a good resume for making the tournament, mm-hmm. even if you don't include the Big Ten tournament. But at the same time, the committee saying like we've watched them play and it's not an NCAA tournament team, I understand it. And then like at the like listen, we can say everything we want about morale. I know I just did, but like you can't lose to Hofstra like that. I, I, to an extent, but like I don't know, Hofstra's it's, a good it's team. Le- they're a great team. They're yeah. a really good team. Hofstra, they, they can score the ball. So does it? Rutgers was the number one seed in the NIT, and then and they were a number one seed. But they were a number one seed. But a lot of number one seeds in the NIT will drop a game because of that letdown. And I have to, you know, when you want to talk about recency, since that Mawat Mag injury at the Garden. Which is where the Rutgers mm. letdown began. Yeah. When you look at who they lost to, six points on the road at Indiana, that's a tournament team. Uh, nine points on the road to Illinois, that's another tournament team. They dropped that game at home against Michigan, which mm-hmm. at the time was a bubble team, and they still were a bubble team, and they ended up winning their first game in the NIT before they dropped it. Mm-hmm. That... that uh, the heartbreaker at Minnesota, which I just think was inexcusable loss. Yeah, but every the team has a was, really bad loss. It's going to happen. And then Northwestern, who's another tournament team. And then you have some impressive wins on the road at Wisconsin, that 19-point comeback from Penn State. And then heading into the Big Ten tournament, you had a bubble team in Michigan, which you handled from start to finish. They, Rutgers really dominated the majority of that game, 62-52 win. And then a five-point loss to Purdue, big bad Purdue, number one seed Purdue, top team in the country, locked for a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, that didn't uh, pan out the way they wanted it to. But while they didn't really win the games that we thought they should have and had a chance to win, they were still in the games. And when you add the two Big Ten tournament games, I really don't see how Rutgers didn't make the tournament over a team like Nevada who got absolutely blown out. Yeah, I think... In it's Dayton. A, just put Rutgers yeah. in Dayton. Give themselves a chance. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and that's the thing as well, where they weren't even the first team out. Um, that was Oklahoma right? State. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my, my 
my my two large points overall regarding the NIT and then kind of past that. Um, one, nobody's really going to remember the NIT. I was watching um, that aggressively in Florida. Like, like I... praying for the win. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I, they, the NIT was uh, being at the rack at Jersey Mike's. It was a nice environment. It was a good environment for 36-ish hours, a little over, I believe. They had tickets to sell. Yeah. They had about 5,000 people, which is a good crowd. It sold out basically mm-hmm. up until the 300 level. Uh, depending on where it was, it was half full. And the weather was terrible. Weather so was terrible. I was it was snowing. That anyone came. It was horrible. I was in Florida, so I didn't know. Yeah, sec- I, humble brag. Good for you, man. Stud- good for you. <laughs> Student section was pretty full. It, on TV, it looked like it was sold out. It now, did look pretty electric. When you're used to the student section, you're used to you have no room to move. You're standing sideways. Yeah. There's two people in a row. Uh, you had a little bit more room than that, but it was sold out. But what was very interesting, Hofstra Band and Hofstra Cheerleaders. You're not mm-hmm. used to seeing that, and and that yeah. made it very interesting. And, and all, where all I was, all six members of the Hofstra all band, all six members of the Hofstra band, they were band, great. I like one. They had a dancer. One nothing. of the guys was dancing. <laughs> yeah, and he stole the show. It was great. literally, literally nothing bad to say about Hofstra. No, and, and just where I was sitting in the student section in the first row was right behind the Hofstra cheerleaders, and they could not have been nicer. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking to them during the game and at halftime, especially in overtime, just the way overtime went back and forth was absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, a lot of credit to Hofstra. They stuck in the game, and when they needed to make big shots, they made some big shots, especially in overtime. They only missed one shot, and Derek missing the floater at mm-hmm. the end. I, I, I get everything we're saying, but at the same time, like, who yeah, how cares? Can, it, Rutgers should have beat them. It doesn't I, matter. I guess to, I guess to follow I agree, up on that. But it, it, it's just, it was a letdown, and I hate to say it, but there's been a few letdowns this year. A lot of letdowns. And, mm-hmm. and this team has not bounce back at Ohio State big letdown should have won the game the entire country knows you should have won that game and quite frankly you play what was one of the ugliest games of basketball that's very true actually. in the history of college game, basketball yeah. against Seton Hall and you drop that a game you should have won but then you know you bounce back two weeks later by dominating Indiana and it just comes down to you lose Mawat Mag and you blow the game at Indi- well, blow the game, lose the game, depending on how you want to look at it. At Indiana, you go on the road at Illinois later that week, allow a nineteen nothing run in the second half, and you lose by nine. It just seems like when there's been a little bit of adversity, this team has not bounced back. Even look at the Temple game; we had no business winning the Temple game on paper, but no Caleb, Paul got hurt. It was the fourth game of the season. Derek was starting, Cam Spencer was still getting in it, and. Just completely, completely didn't show up to that game. You know what it is, guys? They just don't have the alpha offensive piece right now. Well, and I, that's, that's, I think that's, Paul. Being oh hurt come was a big on! Nah. He was not what himself you... this year. I'm not uh, saying Paul, Paul's not going to come. He he kept getting hurt, and you could see it. Paul's not going to come true. out and give you 45 points. I'm not Who saying said? that. No, it, but Paul can run the offense. Yes, he's a solid. And he was not himself. He was not taking shots. He would not take. You watch the team the last few years. He's in the post, pivot footing all over the place, making guys jump. He's getting his he's getting his ten points. He was not himself. Caleb dealing with injuries, especially the back down the stretch, and then Mawat. This was not the Rutgers team you're used to seeing. And when you watch that game against Michigan, one thing that stood out to me more than anything was the hustle for loose balls. Anytime the ball was on the deck, two, three, four. Knights were on the floor, diving, getting loose balls, getting rebounds. That's something you saw last year and previous years that, to be quite frank, I didn't see much of that this year from this defense. And I think that played a factor. And same thing against Purdue. You saw it now, the foul situation and having to deal with uh, what I think should be player of the year and Zach Eady is a challenge of its own. But the last two games, they were diving after loose balls and they didn't do that all year. And it was the hustle. And I think that's what it was more than that alpha presence. It was just the hustle. And I think that's what Derek Simpson provided. But we saw the hustle defensively so often. And I'm not listen. Paul is a fantastic facilitator when healthy of the offense. That's, that's you know, without question. But uh, what I mean by an alpha offensive presence is just a dominating score. And we saw glimpses of that with Derek Simpson in the Big Ten tournament. Honestly, Peichel should have made the move to start him. A long time ago. Yeah, I mean, we've been saying that for yeah, 
at least we've been saying he he deserves more minutes for a while and i mean obviously i would say that i, I he played a great game against hofstra rutgers wins that game without at least one maybe two Derek simpson mistakes in the end of that game um well i just think that when but you look at- t- just to finish the point like i i think that I don't know. I think Derek Simpson has a lot that can have him as kind of that uh, big offensive presence. Obviously, we have a couple of players in the pipeline yeah, who could potentially about, yeah. do that. Gavin Griffiths. We'll see what he can do. Ace Bay. Um, obviously, yeah. Um, in the upcoming years. Yeah. Uh, upcoming years, it'll be even more. I mean, Ace Bailey, obviously. Um, I think. Bronny James. Well, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> Harper as well. Yes. Um but where literally what was i trying to say (laughs) totally distracted um oh uh but we'll see how this team looks in terms of like floor spacing because that's the kind of thing is like the team didn't space the floor very well for cam spencer spencer is a very good shooter but nobody can shoot with like a six five person right in their face he also is Um, not that good off the dribble what i realized uh, later in the season he's catching like that he's got kind of weak handles yeah, it, he, he was losing it a lot. It, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it definitely depends. Um, but I think that if Rutgers is able to have more, uh, more of an attacking presence with Derek Simpson and more of an outside presence with Gavin Griffiths, or even I, I really don't know, um, like his overall game. I know he's a solid three-point shooter. Um, he can drive pretty well from what I've seen. That's good to hear. Um, but it'll probably open up Cam Spencer a lot more, which will be a lot more flexible. I guess with that, we can talk a bit more overall about what this team looks like next year. Caleb McConnell is gone. All-time steals leader, by the way. All-time steals leader, Hofstra. Caleb McConnell. Shout out to him. Easily NBA first-round pick. Well, yeah, if obviously. Somebody, if you're not picking him in the NBA first it's round. Either, it's either, it's either Victor not or Caleb. Exactly. Um, What'd you say? It's either Victor or Caleb, I yeah, think, number I, one. I think that... The Rockets are like, we're going to win no matter what. Yeah. We're going to win one of these guys. Yeah, exactly. The question is, is Paul staying or declaring for the draft? I, I think Paul is staying. <laughs> I think he's – if you watch that post-game press conference, mm-hmm. I find it hard that he leaves. I think he has so much love for this university. Well, he'll I, come back I as think a coach anyway. Like, well, I think I've been it's saying that just, for I, I think it's just Caleb who leaves. I don't – because that's the thing is it's like everybody has their COVID year. A bunch of them, like, technically, like, graduated, graduated, but could still, like, Paul take graduated classes. Last year. Paul graduated yeah. in the summer. Like, he was posting yeah. on Instagram about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's like, here? I guess he could just keep doing, What like, does he do every day? Grad school, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. He's in grad school. Um, I but I, I, I think that if anyone else leaves, it won't be, like, just graduating. It'll be, like, a transfer. Yeah. And I don't think Paul mm-hmm. definitely won't transfer. No, of course not. I don't think Hyatt's going to transfer. No. Um, I think Hyatt's a great role piece off the bench. I I forget I love one one of the bigs one of the backup bigs is probably going to transfer and I don't remember which one Dean I think it's him <laughs> I, I could see Dean play and you know what else Dean really wasn't getting minutes in the beginning of the season it yeah was a lot of Antoine Wolfolk well Wolfolk's really solid well, yeah he was and Wolfolk kind of showed good. off a lot especially later in the season and Oscar tournament. did he too. had some great games and uh, he was Dean. Really didn't I was impressed. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I was impressed by Dean on defense a couple times later in the season. Like when when he did get more minutes, I was like, oh, I understand why Dean Reber is getting minutes here at the five. Like last year, it was like, okay, I guess somebody needs to fill these minutes. But now it's like, okay, yeah, I I see what he provides on defense. Let me let me the three point shooting isn't the same as like what he was doing last year. But I I, I definitely see the vision. Yeah. But I I don't think we're gonna have the one hundred percent retain rate. And I don't even know if we have the scholarships to do that, um, well, or like the overall like playing around. time. Well, first of all, Dean did not see one minute in the uh, Big Ten tournament. Yeah, it that was is a correct. lot of Wolfolk, and Wolfolk had a great game. Wolfolk, Wolfolk had, had some really great yeah, games. Yeah, Wolfolk played great in against both Michigan because Cliff got in trouble, foul trouble both times against Michigan. Six points, two rebounds. He went coast to coast on one, mm-hmm. which oh. was a very athletic play, and I think that's mm-hmm. part of you know, the first and time he we was really guarding, saw his athleticism. Uh, you have to remember he's guarding Hunter Dickinson and Zach Eady. Yeah, which is which, neither I mean, of these tasks. Yeah. And and he drew a bunch of like double teams for both of them, but even still, I mean, 
just guarding them in general is impressive. And Wolf had a you know a decent game against Hofstra. Again, Dean did not play, so mm-hmm. you're really not seeing Dean Reba down the stretch. I think he goes. And then in terms of scholarships, you know, one of the questions is, do you take Aiden Terry off scholarship? Yeah. I, I don't want to be at, at that some point guy, I'm not going to be managing that that's not my job to to question or manage not, but it's your job to debate I uh, I don't think it is I I think it ends up being because I I think that our incoming freshman class like do we who do we have incoming you have Gavin Griffith we've got Gavin yeah you have Bane Dogu who okay yeah we do learn his name he is severely underrated I believe he's out of Colorado right now. He is a big who can shoot the three. He has great touch around the rim. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I do and actually so remember. If so, keep an eye out for him. He's going to get significant minutes mm-hmm. uh, right out the gate next year, um, especially if Cliff does decide to go to the NBA. Which I can't imagine he will. Wait, let me let me take something I was trying to say about Cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I honestly think if anybody's in danger of transferring, it's Cliff. I don't think really? he'll transfer. I, I don't see him transferring. Because I think Cliff was looking at this as a big year coming in. Like, all right, I'm going to do this thing yeah. go to the NBA. And things did not really turn out as well. So I think Cliff now has that defensive capability that he might say, listen, let me try to go find a little bit of that offense and some coach. I, I think can, if anybody of, like, the starting core is in danger of leaving, I think it would be Cliff. I Yeah, I, I see what you mean on that front, but I also just think it's unlikely. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know if Cliff would – uh. If he would leave his family here, this is his family. This is his home. Uh, he played high school. Yeah, and Roswell Catholic. Roswell mm-hmm. Catholic here in Jersey. I, I think it'd be very tough for him to leave to go to another school. Well, it's and even more than he that, said something I, about the coach because uh, I was just talking to someone today about mm-hmm. how we don't really have a coach to develop a big, and uh, Cliff is a very talented player, and I just don't know if. He's NBA ready this year, but no, of course you not. could see him. he's the type of guy where the way everybody talks about him and with the skills that he has, if he could just put together the pieces, he could be a dominant player next year. Yeah, That's the could. thing is people know that he can do that, and I, I I guess I do kind of comprehend the idea of like, okay, if the coaching staff hasn't gotten that out of him after three years, when will they? Um, but I don't know. We see the flashes. It's just putting it all together, and I don't know – it's not like Rutgers is a bad place to do that. There aren't a whole lot of better conferences in college basketball. I guess there are better out-of-conference slates, assuming that Steve Peichel doesn't change his out-of-conference strategy, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, as far as the lineup next year, um, I guess my biggest question is kind of the starting lineup because obviously Caleb McConnell is out. I think you have to start Derek Simpson at point guard. That's um, very yeah, interesting. Do. Or shooting guard. That's very interesting no. because if Cam Spencer, Paul Mulcahy, if, if they both stay, assuming they both stay, mm-hmm. um, where do you put Derek? Because I got to be honest with you, I think Gavin has to start. He's the highest recruit to this date in school history. He's a five-star. I think the— First five-star. He has to play. I, I, I think if you, if you look at it— I, the way I see it, it's Derek, Cam, Gavin, Paul, Cliff, and you're slightly smaller. But Paul is still like six, seven, and can play a decent four. So I mean, you would he's have guarded. Paul at the four. I think yeah, I that or Gavin. Put, but then my question is, what do you do? And, and I don't think you can put Gavin at the well, four at you, this I don't point. Think you could put Gavin at the he, four. he doesn't have the weight for it. But the question is. What do you do with Mawat? Now, again, this is assuming uh, Mawat's ready by good point. the first game. Totally we don't know about, about Mawat. We really don't have a timeline. I, it could be, you know, maybe he's ready in September, October, and he could maybe just have some limited minutes come November. Because Mawat's a guy that I see the second he's ready to go, he will be starting. And I think he'll have a, a nice C on his jersey. I think he'll be named captain too. I think yeah. When you yeah, I guess now now thinking of that, it's like oh wait. And so I, I and I don't I, again. I think Derek is a guy where you need someone off the bench in this league. I, I guess my question: and if you look the at them straight the up and you look at what they energy. did as point guard, especially towards the end of the season, like forget everything else you know about them. Just think of what you saw on the court. As of fairly recent, who would you rather have as your point guard, Derek Simpson or Paul Mulcahy? I find it hard to I not would, say I would just Derek ha- I would Simpson. I would have Derek and Paul, and, and to be honest, 
I think Cam would be the guy off the bench, but Cam can he can score in bunches. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, and, he, and I he think he feels four four that's the thing. It's like the, the team's issue after. is scoring, and, and you can Cam see can how score. stagnant the offense is, or slash how stagnant the offense was with Paul Mulcahy on the floor, and he provides a lot to the team. But at the end of the day, you kind of want Derek Simpson on the floor to be very and. Honestly, if I if anything's gonna happen, I feel like I don't know. I I, I think there is a solid chance that Pykele does not start Gavin at least at the start of the yeah, season. I was gonna say, I think, and I think there's also a strong chance that Pykele will rotate around the starting lineups a lot or just play a lot of players. Um, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see. Yeah, we'll 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 definitely. It is interesting, but yeah, I, I honestly—that's the thing. I totally forgot about Moat Mag, but I do think he has to start at the four. This will be a fun conversation throughout the summer, especially mm-hmm. once we find out who's staying and who's leaving. Uh, this yeah. will be very fun once we kind of have the roster set, and I could see him playing like you know what if we're playing a bigger team, a more physical team. Mm-hmm. A different lineup opposed to a smaller team, a faster team, stuff like that. Yeah, I agree with that, and that's I think something that'll become more i guess interesting with time as this team gets more and more talented and there are more and more like four stars like coming in i mean i look at uh like i was i was studying the michigan lineup because i was calling that game um and we'll go to break fairly soon because i just noticed what time it was but I'll, i'll finish this point first um basically everyone on their team including like everyone on their bench was like a four star like everyone had that kind of background and so everyone to some degree or another has kind of warranted big 10 quality minutes and And so it's a matter then of like managing all of that and saying okay what does my basketball team i have these players what does my basketball team look like on the floor on a day-to-day basis and it's probably easier when you're watching these guys in practice all the time and you're like the coach of the team and you're seeing what they can do and all that stuff um but there's still that aspect of okay we really do need to manage who is playing on our team on a night-to-night basis, especially because Michael is used to very small rotations. He opened it up a little bit this year, um, but he's had as few as, like, seven players as the constant rotation. Like, no more than seven guys all the time um, on some of these teams. And now I'm curious to see how he opens it up a bit more, which players have to play, because I also don't think that there are going to be any players on next year's team other than Cliff Amore, who have to play 35-plus minutes. And it's interesting you bring that up, because just uh, yesterday, I believe, former four-star from Michigan, Isaiah Barnes, he's a 6'7 mm-hmm. forward um, in his second year at Michigan. He was a your freshman. Yeah. He only averaged 1.1 points a game this season. Yeah, he redshirted did, his did first not year, not medical. Year, uh, with the medical. Mm-hmm. Only 6.1 minutes a game. Yeah, didn't play this year, and yeah, games. I guess if he's out, he's out. And he's transferring, so mm-hmm. it's going to come to that point where you have to put the best players on, and, I mean, it's and a good, who does Pike think the best is. It's a good problem to have where you're it's struggling to, 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 yeah, it, you're, you're struggling to know who the best players on your team are to play, but it is still a problem. So uh, I think with that, we'll go to break. We didn't end up talking about wrestling, but that's that's okay. They, they didn't do that well at the national championships. I don't want to talk about it that much. Um, but anyways, we'll head to a quick break on the other side. Locks of the Week here on WRSU. Keep it locked here for the crew on WRSU-FM, New Brunswick. This one is flown out to... Locks of the Week at WRSU on WRSU. Dennis Geisler, Tyler Levy, Joe Henry here with you um tyler do you have a lock i do have a lock then you should tell us that lock my lock is going to be in hockey going to be a game played tomorrow night at the world's most famous arena the new york rangers over the carolina hurricanes the way the rangers played over the weekend is basically unheard of a 6 nothing win over a very good Pittsburgh Penguin team on Saturday and then uh, last night a 7 nothing win over the Nashville Predators what was impressive about that game it was 6 nothing after the first period 
And so I'm going to pick the Rangers uh, minus 110. Um, Igor Shesterkin will be in that. The Hurricanes are a very good team, but the way the Rangers are playing right now, after all of the trades um, with Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko, the lines are starting to get together. They just got Keandre Miller back from his suspension, and uh, things are really starting to click for them. So I'm going to pick the Rangers minus 110 over the Hurricanes at home tomorrow night. All right, all right. That's uh, it's getting close to the end of the hockey season, isn't it? Or the regular season? Just uh, just a few weeks left. Yeah, getting we're getting close to that uh, that playoff time for the the winter professional sports, which is pretty exciting. Joe, what do you got for me? Yeah, so usually whenever I do my lock, I just pick one of my favorite teams. But yeah, all my favorite teams are atrocious. So. I'm going, and it's not baseball season yet, so I can't pick the Yankees. Yeah. So pick I'm going to America. Well, actually, you can't yet because they don't know. Who no, they yeah, I was. I, was, I actually picked them at anyway. That. It doesn't matter. <laughs> America to win it all. USA. Why are you saying all your favorite teams are atrocious? You've got the defenders. That's true. I forgot about that. Oh yeah. man, I forgot they're five and zero. Oh. They but are. Anyway, our favorite team. Our favorite, our favorite team. team the <laughs> Looking at it for the NBA, the Pacers and the Hornets play tonight. Uh, Ugh. Pace, I know, atrocious <laughs> matchup. That's an ugh. I actually, I, I, I looked away. I was actually looking at that line earlier. I looked away, and the, the line shifted. So tell me what you think. So I'm going to take the Pacers minus two and a half. The Hornets are, like, really, really atrocious. Without, the Hornets are actively tanking. Yeah, without LaMelo Ball. And the Pacers are, like, kind of in that weird, like, playoff bubble, but can't make, like, the lottery really. Like, they can't make, like, a really good lottery pick. So you might as well just try to win as many games as possible. Mm-hmm. So... Pacers are pretty good. Uh, they've kind of been like iffy all year, but I think they'll beat the Hornets by much note, more. Note note that Halliburton is out. Um, yeah, but still, like the Hornets are really bad. They are really like, bad. Atrocious. You're right. The Nets were beating them by like forty the other night, and the Nets are really bad. You're right. You're right. I uh, I, I think that was the the thing that that scared me away from that one. Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, we're getting to the point. I mean, there are only about ten games left for every NBA team approximately um 10 or 11 uh and there are a couple teams that are just tanking at this point yeah. and the hornets are in there um they're actually a little bit they're in a weird spot because they probably can't tank that much worse than the spurs they're like three games up slash down i think two and a half up slash down on the spurs um for the third best lottery odds and then another game against the rockets another two games against the pistons so i don't know how close the hornets are going to be able to get to the like top overall draft pick or at least the best odds um the hornets are kind of like an nba purgatory because they're not good enough to make the playoffs like even with Melo, they were still kind of on the outskirts. Yeah. And they're not bad enough. Well, now they're bad enough. Now they're really, really bad. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's the thing. It's like now they're really bad. The only um, news coming out of uh, Charlotte is that Michael Jordan might sell the team. I yeah. still think he won't, but that's just me. I heard he, if he does, it's going to be he's still going to have minority ownership. Mm-hmm. Opposed to majority ownership, but... Uh, yeah. He's so weird. That's something to watch. He is. He he's is a, weird. He's an odd guy. He's so funny. I love my, I love MJ. Yeah, me too. Me too. Amazing. Obviously. Oh I, yeah, Chicago yeah. Bulls. I got a, I got a picture with the the statue at United Center. It's really cool. You know they sell Michael Jordan jerseys online for like three hundred bucks. Yeah. That's, a, like disgusting. Yeah. How do they do that? He's still the guy. I know, but still, like, who would pay three hundred bucks for that? Like, just get it off China. At my question point. is, <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. Why, who gets a Washington Wizards Michael Jordan jersey? Because I see me. those. Oh. oh. I think it's funny. That's perfect for you, uh, Dennis. It is, yeah. DC. Chicago. Yeah, DC and Michael Jordan. I would get Chicago. That's like what you would get your kid if they loved Michael Jordan, but you didn't have enough. If you don't want to spend three hundred bucks on a piece of cloth, you get him an M- MJ Wizards jersey. Yeah. Dennis, what's your lock? Uh, my lock. I'm gonna go to the uh, women's tournament tonight, March Madness. They Pretty play sick. on like a one one day off schedule, and with a game that tips off in eighteen minutes, as uh, we are saying this out loud uh seven o'clock uh fgcu and villanova fgcu is like one of the most dangerous uh like 12 seeds in the country they like really beat up on uh, washington state 
in their first game, and now they've got Villanova. Villanova, on their own right, is a very good team. Um, they have six losses in the season. Half of them are to UConn, which is a really, really bizarre point. It's a rivalry. Um, I mean, you can't call it that if they lost to them three times in one season. They could even make it four if they make it to the final four against UConn. That would be so sick. Um, it would be really funny. That is the most you could play against a team in one season. That would be hilarious. Honestly. And they lose all four matchups. I wonder if that's ever happened before, actually. I wonder if, like, Maryland Duke ever did that. I gotta actually look into that. I'm really curious, because you play a team two times in conference, you play them in a conference tournament, and then you play them in March Madness... It's really hard because you then have to probably make it to at least the Elite Eight, if not the Final Four. You know how they say it's really hard to beat a team three times? Yeah, think about four Four times. If you beat a team four times, you literally own them for a decade. Literally. Like that entire season. That's that's what Rutgers was like (laughs) with Indiana before they collapsed. Yeah. But but anyways, um, Villanova's favored by six and a half. I'm going to take FGCU against the spread. I think they'll keep the game really close, and I think they'll really scare Villanova. I'm not going to pick them outright. I kind of want to. Um, but I'm not going to pick them outright. Uh, I'm just going to take them against the spread. Uh, so yeah, FGCU plus six and a half tonight. Uh, I'm still keeping up with the women's tournament. Not as many crazy upsets, but still some good stuff. Also, Stanford's got upset, so that was pretty crazy. I was going to say number one Stanford upset. That's pretty big. Stanford in general getting upset is pretty wild. You know, Um, I I actually know... I didn't have them in the final four, though. I actually know one of the players in the tournament. On what team? For the Norfolk State Spartans. Norfolk. Norfolk? Yeah. That sounds wrong. That's that's it. I'm I'm the one from Virginia. Oh, it's from is it from the Virginia? Yeah, Nor- Norfolk is in like um southeastern Virginia. But yeah, I know somebody that played them uh, against South Carolina when they lost seventy two forty. So a little bit of celebrity mm-hmm. connection there for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's what happens when you play against uh South Carolina. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah. Um, yeah, no, Nor- Norfolk State. I I've I've always heard good things about them. <laughs> um. But yeah, we'll take a quick break then and come back with, uh, can we just talk? We'll talk a little bit about our spring breaks. And uh, yeah, so keep it tuned here to the crew on WRSUFM, New Brunswick. Can we just talk? Can we just talk? Can we just talk? Let's talk on the WRSU crew. Dennis Geisler, Tyler Levy, Joe Henry. Uh, before we uh, get into our talk, I do want to mention we'll uh talking a bit about Rutgers spring sports at the top of the hour, including an interview with Dante Coolis, freshman attacker, or excuse me, sophomore attacker now for the Scarlet Knights. But anyways, Joe, I want to know how your spring break was, because I knew what you were doing. Yeah. And I'm curious what, we, what how, how, how it was for you. Yeah, you know, it's pretty great. You know, I'm actually really depressed that I'm back here today. That's Mo- how I feel anytime I leave Disney. So Mondays are my worst days because I have three classes, and I'm a commuter. So my first class is at like 10, mm-hmm. and then I have one at 12, 30, then 2, and then I stay here till 6 for this. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I love doing this with you guys. So it's, mm-hmm. um, it's still an exhausting day, though. Yeah, I get home, and I'm just like so mm-hmm. angry at everything. Like if my dog comes up to me, I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> but um, <laughs> Anyways, Disney. <laughs> yeah, so – we flew out. It was me, my parents, my girlfriend. We flew out. Also Pre- explain to Tyler what you did because Tyler wasn't here last week. Oh, yeah. So me. Two weeks ago. My parents, the missus, we flew out to um, Florida, Orlando. Pretty good stuff. Uh, got there. Um, And then what did we do? Then the next day, my girlfriend's never been to. She's only been to like one of the Disney parks. So I'm, I've been to Disney a bunch of times with my family and stuff. So we... um. Like, I have no interest in going to the parks, but my girlfriend hasn't gone, so we went to three parks in one day, and my body was literally broken. You went to three and one. Three and one. I did uh, that three and one. Which the, one did you not do? I, well, Animal you did Kingdom. not do Animal Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. And you know what the worst thing And was? I was able to call it out ahead of time. Yeah. So <laughs> I think we all did. We, did. we did Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and then Epcot, and, like, mm. I just wanted to, like, just go to one park, and that was it. That's exhausting. But she was, like, Especially no, those you know, three. Like, yeah. Ugh. But the lines do. Oh, and you know what the worst part was? We went to lunch at the Beauty and the Beast restaurant, Be Our Guest. Yeah. Which is something you have to get, like, special reservations for. My mm-hmm. dad got it for us months in advance. I didn't even want it. Because you want to know how much it was for two people? Mm-hmm. $172. Ugh. I was going to say, like, 150 
172 bucks, and it wasn't even Ugh. that good. Like, it was good, but it wasn't that good. Yeah. So, you pay for the experience. Yeah, you do pay for the experience. and That's the, what it all it, it was a nice experience. I'm not going to lie. So then, did that. Next day, went to Universal, because my aunt uh, used to work there, so she gets us free tickets. And then, next day, just hung out, went to Downtown Disney, stuff like that. I was actually watching... So, I was watching the Rutgers NIT game. This is a funny story. With my girlfriend. And she doesn't really, like, watch sports or anything. So, she was watching the Rutgers game with me. And for the last few minutes, she was like, why is the not Rutgers team scoring so easily, but Rutgers can't do that, too? God, that is, isn't, that, isn't that how we always feel? I was, I was like, Emily, you don't realize how well you just perfectly summarized the season. Oh, like, man. You, you, you got it all in five minutes. Why can't we do what they do? Exactly. And I. Why can't we have people who just pull up from 30 feet yeah. and just drain shots? Or rebound. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. That was, that was last night. But an also good thing is I rewatched Ted Lasso. I don't know if you guys watched Ted Lasso. Nah. One of my favorite shows of all time. It's amazing. It's about a football coach, Ted. No, um, Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Do you watch it? Well, it's it's football. It's it's soccer here in America. Well, he, no, he he's no. an American but football an coach who no, goes and then he's, I was coaches he's an soccer American there. Football oh, coach. I thought you were saying he's a football coach. You jumped the gun, concept. buddy. You jumped yeah, the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an American football coach who gets hired to coach soccer in England, and it's just yeah. amazing. But yeah, and then I flew home. A good show. Last few days, and then I um flew home. Uh, a little bit of delay on the way home. It was all right. Got super sick at the airport. I don't even know how. Had an airport empanada. That might be mm, why. That's the airport for you. <laughs> yeah, and then one thing. I, I called my first WRSU game mm-hmm. at um. Oh, yeah, Josh you Myers. did the women's lacrosse game. Yeah, because I don't have Dora access yet, mm-hmm. I had to come on my day off. I had to drive from Bayonne, New Jersey to come get the equipment and have mm-hmm. Alec let me in. So it was just a uh, it was a good break. Good break. Now I'm here. Sad to be back, but, you know, it's all right. Happy to be with you guys. Mm-hmm. Tell what you do. Well, I gotta be honest. I was hoping I'd uh, be somewhere for the March Madness tournament. Yeah, and that just, <laughs> as we all know, didn't happen. And uh, you know, was trying to decide. You know, with some friends, we do a last-second trip somewhere. We were talking maybe Tampa for spring training, but just decided. You know what? There's a big NIT game, and we should all just go support. So we did, and uh, so that was. The most exciting thing I did, unfortunately, we couldn't win that game. But uh, it was it was a fun experience having a playoff game at home, and you know, again, it was a very weird feeling. When you know, walking back into the rack, it was like, well, why are we here? Yeah. You know, it's it, but we went, and unfortunately, the game didn't end the way we wanted to. But when you look back on the season, it was a good season. And besides that, basically, just did nothing for a week and. Relaxed, which is very nice. Yeah, having no work to do, and uh, you know, went to the baseball field a few times, which is nice. Yeah, I kind of had the 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 same experience where I had I had cleared my schedule mostly in the case that I might have to go to Dayton and or a March Madness location, uh, and uh, that didn't happen. So instead, I I still I obviously I called the NIT game and produced a couple times for wrestling. Mostly just chilling out. Um, yeah, because we were talking about how it would be nice for you to get some rest after the, sh- the yeah. Shy Town trip. Yeah, no, and I, I definitely did get a lot of rest. I played like 15, 20 hours of Splatoon, which was cool. <laughs> um, love that game. Had a great time. That's, that's a sick um, game. It's great. It's great. Um, really got into the, the 96 Deco, the new kit they put in. Um but where was I going? Sorry, I got distracted by the '96 Deco. What does um, that mean? It's like the the they, there's a weapon in the game. It's called the the .96 Gal. Um, the the Deco is a kit. Um, it's good because one, it's got like pretty long range. It shoots really slow. You move really slow, but it's got long range and it's like a two shot. Um, so that's pretty good. It gets like a wall. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like kind it's kind of long. Um, it gets uh, a splash wall as its sub weapon, which is just like a wall to defend you, which is really nice to have. And then its special is uh, Kraken Royale, which is just added to Splatoon 3 based on one from the first game, um, which makes you totally invincible um, and also lets you just uh, destroy people by jumping, um, which is really strong and really funny to use because you're totally invincible and that's not something that belongs in the game (laughs) but i was really enjoying it um so i played like probably like 
eh, seven, eight hours of that weapon individually, and then I played a bunch of other stuff. It was great. It was a great time. A little game in action. Exactly, exactly. Do you have a gaming chair? I do. Uh, well, kind of. Um, it's just a beanbag. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's like a it's like a really nice office chair. Oh, really? Um, yeah, because at the end of the day, like gaming chairs, like are just office chairs. They're just office With, chairs. Like, like you're using holders. them for the same purpose. You yeah. know? Are you a PC guy? You seem like a PC guy. Uh, largely. Um, predominantly. <laughs> predominantly, I mean, Splatoon's only on Switch. Um, oh, I forgot. So about I play that, that on there. Most of the other stuff, it's like I, I I only own a switch and like a computer, um. So everything is one or the other. So you at never the played Spider Man. Uh, I didn't play Spider Man. Uh, we like my family has like a PS4 at home. My brother played it. Um, I just never played it personally. Dennis the second. Uh, Duncan is his name. Duncan. <laughs> yeah. They're really going with the D's. Yeah. <laughs> we, we we don't have the same name. <laughs> um. But uh. Yeah, I mean, I I've played. I've used. We owned an Xbox 360 and like a PS4. I've played some games on on those systems. Um. But like here at school, I only own like a Switch and yeah. like a computer so i only play games on either of those so, are you a like, big mario guy uh from time to time um like i don't know i'll usually get new games when they come out um stuff like that not like obsessive or I'm, anything I'm i play just, a lot of mario kart yeah but. i'm just asking because i'm so psyched for the new mario movie Oh Chris yeah, Pratt, it looks absolutely <laughs> amazing. I'm really curious. It, I'm totally gonna go opening night. Like I'm totally gonna go. <laughs> it does. It does genuinely seem like they have. Um, I can't say put a lot of effort into putting no, things do. in. There, there are a Mario lot of like Kart details. In the trailer? There are a lot of details where I'm like, okay, there's like something going on here. Like, like you didn't just play. You, you you didn't just know what mario was like i would say it's a step down from like I, i've seen like videos and stuff of the the mario land at universal oh, yeah. in la and that will soon be in uh orlando yeah i'll be there soon um so. yeah no i really want to go to that um we'll go together yeah yeah, yeah. you can come instead of my girlfriend <laughs> one of the trips. <laughs> she'll get bumped down a, a um but a lot of the details there seem like a, a step up from like what's in the movie, but like on kind of a similar level where it's like a lot of kind of obvious stuff, um, but yeah. stuff that's still like pretty normal and not any of like the the worst of Mario. I'm really interested because it does seem like like listen if you take listen, I'm a huge Chris Pratt guy. I mm -hmm. loved him in Parks and Recreation, then Guardians of the Galaxy, then Jurassic World. Mm -hmm. As an overweight child growing up, seeing that transformation into such a handsome man. Mm -hmm. That was I, I loved him. He was my favorite. So for him to be cast as Mario is objectively hilarious. And also, <laughs> he definitely shouldn't be Mario. No, he should not be Mario at all. But when you think about it, if you removed like the fact that they just cast like all these celebrities, wouldn't we be saying that this Mario movie looks like amazing? Um, like honestly, that's a fair point. Like if I, I, they I had think, all the and original I think some voice of the, characters, I, I think honestly some of the celebrities work. Like Charlie Day as Luigi is Seth, unfortunately perfect casting. Seth Rogen as Donkey. No, no. What's Jack, his Jack, Black Jack, Black Jack Black is Jack Black and that's Bowser the thing they also great. like definitely for for a lot of the like less human characters they layered their voices like almost auto-tuned them a bit like yeah, Jack Toad. Black is very auto-tuned Toad is um, Keegan-Michael Keegan Michael Key, Key yeah, yeah. and like really good well it's yeah. funny when looking at it I see Sebastian Maniscalco oh yeah I don't know if you guys know Italian legend Italian, yeah. Italian le comedian mm -hmm. he's, he's funny and he's in the movie he's playing Spike yeah he's playing Spike so they have a good uh, Fred Armisen who was on SNL for a long yeah, time. Yeah, of course. Cranky Kong. They got a it's Cranky Kong. Got a lot they got of, a good uh, roster. Good yeah, it's, it all comes down tomorrow. But I think by the end of the movie, we'll be saying "Let's go" and like Chris Pratt's <laughs> voice. You know, <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> uh, I think I think we can all agree. We've talked about this before, but uh, Alex Carminati should have been Mario? cast as Mario. Yeah. Yeah, man. But he's a little bit. He's not. He doesn't have the happy-go-lucky Mario vibe. Like Carm's a little bit down. But you, you know, but yeah. that's his take. It's his interpretation as an actor. Carm, Carm could be like depressed Mario in his fifties. <laughs> <laughs> like, he could be like Mario when the, plum, when the plumbing business you dries up. You know up. how they had like, well, you know how like in nineteen sixties they had the Batman with Adam West and they had the Joker and it was yeah. Yeah, comedy, yeah. and then you have Joker with Joaquin Phoenix and it was like yeah, yeah, no, yeah that's yeah, Carm's yeah. version. It's gonna of Mario. be a live action version of Super Mario. Mm -hmm. 
of Mario like in the 50s and it's gonna be calm <laughs> as Mario live action. Oh, he's oh. coming in. Carm's <laughs> on everything. Wait, he can he hear is. us? He can hear us? I mean, yeah, he can hear us in the other room. Carm, we're gonna play your interview. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. Yeah, we're about to play your interview. Carm, Carm. like Mario. Before you do, Jokers. <laughs> he should be Mario. I'm saying you should be Mario. Is that what the conversation's about? Yeah. We're talking about Mario, yeah. yeah we're I about heard you my should name. Be playing Mario. You brought up the 60s. You brought up something about me. <laughs> no, because Dennis said that you should play Mario, and I said your voice is too down to no, play Mario. No, 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 no. It's a me and Mario. What are you no. talking about over here? Give me See, a break. This is the with Mario that. I want. That's, like, who I want. that's like aggressive Sopranos Mario. <laughs> really? Like, this is <laughs> Mario. Compared to what? Chris Pratt no, over here? This is Mario. This is Mario. Yahoo! Yahoo! Uh, that's good. <laughs> he could be Mario. Oh, come on, come on. Give him the Oscar. I know the Oscar. Don't give me that. Okay. Goal, but Don't he's gonna win that. one. Anyway, what your jokers just say? I Carm, what you said. I feel like you would love Chris Pratt given his views on life and just everything. <laughs> he's he's a character. I'll put it that way. <laughs> but I did hear my name and I had to come on. Carm, in. are you a Mario Nothing fan? Nothing but positive. Nothing but positive. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We're sure about that. One. We're talking about your I'm star positive. power. Yeah, we're talking about your star power and my like, star well, power. How, how you, how well you would play Mario in different contexts. Well, I guess yeah. I would. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. Th- yeah, we think that you could be like a, an edgy Mario. Like, what do you like, mean by edgy? Like Joaquin Phoenix Joker. I don't like, know about that. I mean, I like mean, like Mario if he was struggling in life. My Joker's like more of a Heath Ledger Joker. Like really what Mario yeah, when yeah, um, yeah, Princess Peach leaves him and like. You know, the plumbing business dries out and always got his cannolis in the fridge. They, Maybe Luigi passed away. He's always <laughs> <laughs> Luigi got lost in the mansion. <laughs> so, so you're making me a depressed Mario. He's, he's been drinking too much and he's driving the Mario Kart around town. <laughs> so you're picturing me as, as a depressed Mario. <laughs> too many mushrooms. No, Carl, it's just because you, you have like an angry vibe about you. Sometimes. No, I don't. This, you look at You're him very and you think anger. Sometimes. I'm aggressive, but I'm, but I'm not angry. No, but the thing is that Mario's so happy-go-lucky. I'm happy. I enjoy life. I know you are. Life is great. He gave me a nice handshake, and we talked about spring break. It doesn't always come across as that for a voice actor, though. Eh, Hit or a miss. What does that even mean? Hit or a miss. I'm uh, look. There are days where I I could be moody. I'll give you that. Come, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about your voice. It's just about your voice. Your standard day to day voice is not Mario. I'm sorry. Not this current iteration. Could, Could be. be. When Mario's depressed, yes. No. That's the point. I can make a Mario very happy, okay? <laughs> I can right. make him a very happy. <laughs> all right, all right. And all it right. can be a very satisfying. All right, but, but we, we're, we're going <laughs> to break. We, we got to get, <laughs> get a legal idea in car. See, See you later. Thanks Thank for being you. here, Thanks for Carm. starting by. Uh, oh, when my. we come back, he'll talk to Dante Coolis, uh, Rutgers men's lacrosse. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> You're listening to The Crew on WRSUFM New Brunswick. Ladies and gentlemen. Very deep, deep bass of Grand Maven. 